2: today. Oh, there
3: he goes. Is that Gus or uh, Bill? No, that's me. It's, uh, I, I just realized I wasn't recording yet.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So now, I, uh-oh. Now we're on.
3: You're on now, yeah. So I got Jeff and Steven and Eric with me, uh, a couple other guests I'm not familiar with. Uh, Money Mike's on. So I, I got a crew over here on, on my talk show, and we're all connected through through my phone. So if I get disconnected, it's going to be silent for a minute, you guys just stay connected. And I'll I'll, I'll call back in.
2: Okay. Yep. All right, that sounds good. Now, did you say money, Mike?
3: Money Mike? Yes.
2: Okay, I'm not familiar with money, Mike.
3: Money, Money Mike does uh, his own shows, and he says there's really not a whole lot going on in his show tonight, so he figured he'd tune in and hang out with us.
2: Oh, good, yeah, good. I've been looking forward to this.
3: Oh, um, me too. I've <laughs> a long time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And me too. And uh, I was just thinking today, things are. Oh, let's let's go ahead and start. I guess is it is it right up at seven yet? Oh, okay, we can go.
0: The recording has started.
2: Welcome to free the People. This is uh, it's seven o'clock, just about seven o'clock the last good time and we're just uh, shooting the ball. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we've got Gus Breton and a bunch of people with him. Uh, did you say Eric? Tell me who else, Gus?
3: Yeah, Eric and uh, Steven's with us. Uh, Eric's with us. Uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff is a uh, health uh, health guy. We used to do health shows together. Eric used to be on those shows as well. And uh, Stephen, uh, your guest for tonight is uh, is on the call with us, and uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I've heard I've heard this stuff. You know, Stephen and I talk fairly often, so he's I've always cracked up. It's just very funny to listen to everything he's got to say about. Uh, a lot of different subjects that we're going to be covering tonight. Uh, you know that 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 civil flag and Anna and of course who is who the critical thinking series. That's uh, I don't know if you guys realize it, but there there is a page uh, specifically for Stephen on my website, and it's got his critical uh, thinking series on there. Uh, Stephen's been yeah, around. We... He's he's done a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, we. I just found that today and I sent it out to all of our, um, I think we have about 150 people on our list, something like that. So even if they ha- don't make it in to call into the shows, they'll be able to see that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I got, a, I got, a. I think 83 downloads uh, on last week's show so far and the one before that's well over hundred. And you know, that's, that's just my talk. And, and that was just a simulcast of your show.
2: Yeah, that's great. Uh, I I put it, made a movie out of it today to put up on YouTube, but I lost it. So I'll be making it again tomorrow, but we'll have uh, both of those previous shows with John Miser on. Um, in the next couple of days, there'll be YouTube videos. And cool. I just illustrated them with, I'm going to illustrate it with our trip from Basically, from Ogden all the way through Canada and back home this last fall. So, um,
3: going across and, the Canadian border.
2: Yeah, I didn't. We didn't take pictures of that guy, but <laughs> we wished we would have.
3: Yeah. And what were you? What traveling papers did you have? A Sam's Club card?
2: Um, the Sam's Club card is what I always use with TSA. But I have a whole uh, a notebook, and they, so when they say, "Can I see your ID?" I just start flipping through. <laughs> and say, sure, what do you want to see?
3: Which you one? Here's my YMCA. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter, you know. I, but I'll have my declarations and my, you know, because I put declarations on the public record about who I am. And then this year, when we went down to Utah, we had our our both sets of parents and our sisters. His sister and my brother put a, a witness statement together for us. So yeah, this is this is the person that's named on that birth certificate, you know. So, um, for whatever it's worth. Uh, yeah. But most mostly we go through and we talk to people, and they decide if they like us or not, and then, <laughs> and then they let us through. I mean, I, uh, the TSA is a little different, but. TSA, you can get you can you can go through without any ID at all. You don't need ID to fly. You just have to agree to a one and one. And so they're going to check your property that you have with you, and they're going to do a you know just do a pat down. And it's worse for them than it is for you um, to do it. So you know they know. So that's that's how I get through all the TSA's. And uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, that's uh, that's not the topic of the show,
3: but uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to let happened? you. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of background on, on uh, Stephen. Uh, you know, he he was uh, with the Montana folks uh, during the siege up there, which he might get into or not. And Stephen and I were involved. Uh, we we met each other uh, through uh, the Union States project, which was a you know, it was a project. Uh, very similar to the ones you know, that you see going on now where we're going to restore America. The uh, Restore America plan was actually uh, Stevens whole idea before Tim Turner took it and changed all sorts of stuff. So there's, Stephen's been around a long time. After the, the uh, Union States project, we worked together on the All States Organic Initiative. Uh, there's a link to that on, on uh, the page promoting tonight's show. And uh, we were trying to uh, do the same thing, you know, get some accountability in government. I hope Stephen gets into all that stuff. But we've known each other a long time. And uh, I'm really happy that he's uh, able to make it tonight to explain, you know, some things about Anna and about, uh, you know, who is who in the Bible, because, uh, you know, it's critical for us to know that stuff. And... To, and to be able to discern, you know, one thing from another. So, uh, I'm going to let Stephen just say hello, and, and uh, please uh, ask him questions.
2: Yeah, thanks for being here, Stephen.
4: You're welcome. Thank you
2: for having me. I looked at lots of those uh, critical thinking essays today, and they're all just, you know, they're all just really fun to read.
4: Alright. I'm glad you got into it.
2: Yeah, and, and I would like to hear, I'm sure everybody would like to hear a little bit about your background.
4: Mm. Okay. Uh, can you hear me okay? Because I've got a real crappy telephone.
2: Yeah, you're fine. Mhm.
4: Okay. Uh, well, my background is uh, is multicolored and uh, dark in many places. I'm just a worn out old carpenter. Uh, I started learning about the fraud in government in 1991. Uh, by 93, I was trying to set the record straight with regard to presumptions that they have made about me and about my relationship with them, didn't go over too well, got locked up for the first time on that uh, arena in 95 here in North Carolina on the right to travel issue, or I should say on the right to utilize my freedom to access the common ways which ultimately ended me up in Montana with my sons two weeks earlier than we had originally planned to be there because they put out a bench warrant for our arrest on the, on the driver's license business. <clears throat> well, anyway, we got up there just in time to get acquainted with the people, uh, be included in their... Township and be subjected to the the uh, now world famous siege of the f b i and the local constabulary <clears throat> which ended up in the eighty one day siege that everybody read about and saw in the evening news and uh basically cost us about six years of our our lives and federal lockup cost my dear friend Leroy Michael Schweitzer his life and uh, Russell Dean Landers is still locked up as far as I can determine all the rest of our guys uh, are out Dan Peterson I've been in contact with him quite a bit Rod uh, all not so much <clears throat> but I guess that's uh, about it on the on the uh, uh, you know the overview of my background and whatnot. If you have questions about any of that, uh, I'll entertain those if you like.
2: Sure, I will let um, I will let the others that are listening ask questions if they've got any.
4: Hi, it's Steve. Yeah. Hello, hello
2: go ahead okay i don't I'm not sure maybe they they're muted, but
4: oh hmm.
1: well,
2: man uh go ahead is that Destry? this
1: is John. Steve, go ahead. All right, thanks, Steve. This is uh, Dusty. I got uh, a friend of mine wanted me to give you a little message. Robert Gilman says howdy. Who? Hey. Robert Gilman.
4: Oh, good. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Robert. <clears throat>
1: yeah, he hadn't heard from you in a while. He just wanted me to tell you that he said hi.
4: Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Um, Tell him uh, he's still got my my number, my email, and Skype. You know I'm right here just about every day, all day.
1: All right. Okay, that was all I wanted to say. Well, I yield.
4: Great. Thank you. I have Tom here.
2: Now we've got you, Tom. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, uh, I had a chance to meet Pete Stern at a Y2K prep meeting and I was wondering if he was out. I'm sorry, I'm getting a lot of uh, distortion here. Could you say it again? Yeah, how about Pete Stern? Oh, Pete Stern, uh, last I heard, uh, I think he passed away. But he's been out. Oh, me. Yeah. He's been out. Probably not as long as I have. I got out in 2002, February, and I think he was either just before me or shortly thereafter when he got out. Okay. Thanks. How you? Okay, and I
2: sent the essay out um, last week and I sent it out again tonight for people to go through and can you just kind of get into the critical thinking, who is who?
4: Okay. Uh, how, how exactly do you want to I mean, we're talking about ten and a half pages and uh, I was hoping that there would be plenty of people read it and have questions or comments because it's a lot of it's a lot of information to begin talking about it.
2: Okay, well I can start out. Um, <clears throat> one of the the areas that I was interested in is the um, I don't know how to phrase it, but the the idea that the that God is refers to a female elo yeah, um, that's, can you kind of develop that idea
4: sure that uh, <clears throat> I mean the whole reason that I wrote the uh, the essay i I gave you a little snippet uh let me just quickly. Pull up that uh, email that I sent you, uh, unless you have it in front of you. Where a title that I suggested was, uh, "Do you believe in God?" Let me just pull that up, rather than say it again or try to say it. Off the top of my, head. and I,
2: and I'm sorry, I have it. I don't have it pulled up.
4: Okay. if I had more time, I could have been prepared. That's a joke.
5: All right, I'm, I'm not
4: <laughs> seeing it right off that. Well, I'll just try to wing it. Um. Basically, the question is presented to almost everyone on earth at some point in their lives, or they present it to people that they meet. And the question is Do you believe in God? And the answer is either yes, no, or I'm not sure. Of the people on the no side, you know, they're pretty much obvious who they are and what they're about. But the people on the yes side, they never agree on the meaning of the term. So some of them, uh, to them, the, the word God means some superior being. Hold or
2: on, Stephen. Hold on. Somebody is, is unneeded. Could you please... Guys, could you please push for six and mute out? Okay, we're gonna mute. We're gonna mute a few folks out here. Okay. Okay. There we go. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stephen. All right. So the people that are on the yes side of that fence,
4: none of them agree wholeheartedly with each other as to what the term even means. So you've got some who think. God is some mysterious uh, force and you know, like Star Wars use the force, Luke. It's uh in I think the book of Daniel it talks about the God of forces this is the way the translators presented it, but the word God itself doesn't communicate clearly <clears throat> over a large percentage of the people who would answer yes to that question. Some are like uh, uh, the force is just some kind of a, a mysterious uh, force like gravity or uh, the electromagnetic spectrum is a different type of radiation force. Nobody agrees as to what it means, a super being, a superior being, or a supreme being. Uh, They equate God with the uh, biblical record of the creator of all things, of heaven and earth and everything in it. Then if you get a little bit further on, people who understand that the actual name of uh, the self-existing one was given to Moses uh, prior to his being called out to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. In that event, right after the burning bush event that uh, Moses had, uh, within a day or two, we don't know for sure from the biblical record, but shortly thereafter, Moses had another visitation, and the the, uh, self-existing one told him, uh, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai, but they didn't know my name. My name is Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahweh, the words in the so-called Hebrew language that he used is uh, presented in English transliteration as Y-H-V-H. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yehovah. It means self-existing. So he was telling Moses just before he started his, his uh mission to free the people of Israel, what his actual name is. And so if you study the actual words in the ancient texts, the name of, that he gave Moses that day has been systematically removed from the scriptures by the so-called translators almost 7,000 times. So knowing his name has significance and meaning. Otherwise, the perverts wouldn't have taken it out and replaced it with the names of their pagan deities, uh, which is not actually names, but Lord, which is the definition or the translation of Baal or Faal, and God. So the name of the self existing one, as he revealed himself to Moses, they replaced it with the name God. And every time you see the name, the word God in all capital letters or Lord in all capital letters in your Bible, what should have been put there is Yadhevahe Y H V H Yahweh, Yehovah the self-existing one. But almost 7,000 times, his name was stripped out of the scriptures. So I learned that from someone that you might know up in Michigan there. Uh, oh, oh, Lord, I wasn't thinking of talking about him. Uh, Hal Brian Stickney, he was my first mentor Uh, back in 95 but he taught me about that particular reality and truth I couldn't believe it so I went and got my concordance out and sure enough it's it's an absolute fact and I counted it up Uh, I didn't count every single uh, instance but I counted how many pages and how many on each page there were and it's It's just shy of 7,000 times that the perverts have perverted the name of the self-existing one. Now, another individual entity that people who would answer yes to that question think of is the one that Yeshua talks about as the father, the father in heaven. And interestingly, that, uh, that word that is translated heaven is actually Uranus. that's an interesting little sideline that you might explore sometime. Uh, the, the Father in heaven is not God. The Father in heaven is not Yahweh, is not Jehovah, is not the self-existing one. Now back to what you uh, said uh, to start this little bit going, uh, Maria, that uh, you know, God is the, uh, a plurality or God is feminine. That's not, a, not what I said. What I said was if you go and, and look at your st- strongest concordance to find out what the actual words are that are translated God you'll find that in many cases, in particular the one that you're referring to in Genesis uh, the beginning, the actual word that is translated as God is Elohim. Now if you study the actual etymology of that word, you'll find that Elohim is a feminine plurality Of Eloah, Eloah, I have determined from my studies, and I may be wrong, but I don't think I am. Eloah is the actual name of the Father in Uranus, the Father in Heaven. Elohim is not a personal name; it is a it is an identity of sorts uh, of who these these female entities are. They are we don't know how many there are. That's pure speculation. But it's, it's very clear that the Elohim created the heaven and the earth. That's what the scriptures actually say. Where it says Elohim, where it says God said in the beginning, God said, let there be light. Well that's not what it says. What it says is in the beginning, Elohim said let there be light. And there was light. It says Elohim did this, and Elohim did that. It's talking about a multiplicity of entities that did the actual creation and the manufacturing uh, of the earth, of the heavens, of the stars, the galaxies, right down to the dirt on the ground. Everywhere in that creation story, where where your Bible says God did this and God did that, that's not what it says. It said Elohim did it. And that's why the scripture where it says, and Elohim said, let us make man in our image, and let us, (coughs) excuse me, they clearly referred to themselves in the plural. And so we always had that question, anybody in the churches the you know, I grew up in, you know, from as early as I can remember, my mom and dad took us to church every Sunday, morning and night and Wednesday night. We, we went to church all the time. And I heard that that scripture, of course, hundreds, perhaps thousands of times. And I always said, why does it say us? Why does it say us? And they said, oh, well, that's... That's the triune being of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You know, we had that nonsense drummed into our heads all our lives. If we, you know, among the people that grew up in the church, Uh, and regardless of whether you grew up in it, if you've ever been there, you've heard that hundreds of thousands of times, and it's absurd. And the reason I can say that with authority and you know, passion is that Yeshua proved clearly that there's no such thing as God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, where He said, <coughs> "Excuse me," He said, "Anybody who, who blasphemes the Father or the Son." will be forgiven. But anybody who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. So clearly, those three entities are separate, completely different entities. And the most important and the most powerful and uh, substantial of the three is the Holy Spirit, the self-existing one. So that's probably, probably a good place to stop. I, and uh, yeah,
2: I happens. was going to say that is a really good place to get, get the comments that I'm sure are coming. Go ahead, Wendell, if that's you.
5: Yes, thank you. Uh,
4: fundamentally, uh, I would ask you to recognize that your comments are uh, just as justifiable in your eyes as anybody else's comments. But when we're referencing the Word of God, we should be using the Word of God. And uh, there are many people who have made many different statements about the Word. And there are two major groups of Hebrew, Hebrew and Greek manuscripts. You're referencing one. The King James is referencing a different one. You're confused as you use the Strong's Concordance because you have the King James compared with the wrong Greek and Hebrew text from which it came. I'm having a real James hard time hearing you, if you can maybe get closer to your microphone. Okay, okay I'll try to get closer. Um, the the Strong Concordance that you referenced uh, considerably, and as a it's a study aid, originally only to find the places where each word is listed in the Bible. All of the texts uh, surrounding the Numbers and the Hebrews and the Greek are having to do with an entirely different manuscript from which the King James came. I don't know where you got that idea, but that's that's absolutely not true. Well, you'll have to... uh, uh, That's my, my... that's my uh, understanding, and uh, I would, uh, you have any evidence otherwise, but it's pretty easy to compare uh, those words with the different texts, and you can see where they came from. The, the, the words that you're studying are the same words that are used in all the modern translations. King James is a different text entirely. I don't know what so you're talking about. Text, you... well, there's two different... Streams of Greek and Hebrew texts. What they refer to as the majority text. There's a more majority of fragments found of all uh, all Bibles. Are not necessarily complete, but there's a great storehouse of those. And uh, there, there's that text. It's called the majority. It's called the received text. Those, the Brother, Christians, you, can, you getting, that getting that off into you, uh, you're getting off into this areas that don't mean anything, and it's beside the point. James Strong had uh, a crew of 70 or 80 linguistic specialists who had all of, uh, I mean, it was over 100 years ago that he did that work, but they, they, they spent years studying all of the texts that were available at the time, and they put that uh, concordance and the two dictionaries together from their combined knowledge uh, and expertise. And I'm just a carpenter, so I'm not going to argue with you about all this major this and major okay, well. that. And I don't think that you have okay. the, the, in the, you don't have the qualifications to argue those points either. So let's stick with what something uh, what anybody on this call or anywhere in the in this uh federation of states can go to any bookstore and get a concordance you don't want to use strong's concordance that's fine but if you go to any bible college uh seminary that's the uh, that's the standard the gold standard of reference books that everybody that's a serious Bible student uses. So everything that I have... Excuse me? I I can interject the fact that a concordance has nothing to do with anything other than finding the location of a word in the Bible. I understand that. That's why I refer to the, the dictionaries. You find well, the word the that you're interested in, and you go to the dictionary to find out what it means. Well, that is so, not a know, proper some way to, just want to argue. like Dictionary is another man's work.
3: Excuse me, uh, hey, Wendell. I think uh, it would be of great benefit to everybody on the call to end this debate about. Uh, where things derive from, I agree with Stephen. You know, there, there's there's been some really good work that's been done that we can use to get a better understanding of things. And what I'd like to know is, have you done this study on who God is and who Elohim is and who these entities are? If, did you read the Who Is Who essay? And do you agree with it or disagree with it?
4: Well, I disagree you know. on almost every point. Okay. And again, you're adding to the Bible instead of believing what the Word says. The Bible is self-explanatory. If you wanted to find the definition of a word, you go to the first mention of it in the Bible, and you can find the definition of it in context. In, in, in relationship to the word God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So you have some knowledge about what God means right there. As you read through the scripture, you'll find that it's... A it's uh, uh, broadened, and, and you come to understand whom, whom God is and what his attributes are.
3: So how, I, I don't understand how you disagree with what Stephen's talking about. What, what he's talking about is the definitions of the word God at the beginning and how they... You don't, you know, get, how,
4: you don't get definitions by, by, by changing uh, on spelling of words. You get it by the context of the scripture.
3: Okay. There's a lot
4: of very evil things in relationship to meddling with God's word, name. Oh, give me a break. Hit the board. All right, well,
3: I guess we're going to disagree.
4: Well, that's that's fine. Uh, I mean, everybody's got their opinions, and that, but I'm not talking about It doesn't have anything and to I'm do with, with opinions, Wendell. It has nothing to do with opinions. Yeah. It has to do with with the work of intelligent, trained, linguistic scholars. And you're going to sit there and tell us that you know more about the ancient languages than those men did? That's absurd. And you should take a real close look at how stupid you sound. You're, You're doing exactly the same thing with another group of scholars that gave you the King James Bible. No, yeah, I'm thank not. you, Wendell. Let's
5: let's hear from let's hear from our guest caller. Thank. Go ahead, Steve. I,
4: I, I, unless you have some scripture to bear witness to anything you have to say, it's merely man's I opinion. I just gave you ten and a half pages of here. scripture. Did you even read the essay? I have read the scripture. Clearly, don't quite. know what you're talking about. You clearly have no idea what you're talking about. Can you reveal to me the church that you spent so much time in. The what?
1: Point of order.
4: Go church ahead,
1: time in. Is this a Bible debate call, or is this an Alaska common law call?
3: Yeah, yeah, please. I mean, this, this is, this uh, is a,
1: Yeah, this is the Alaska call, and, and we have a guest on tonight, so
5: go ahead with our guest caller, please.
4: That's up to uh, Maria.
3: Oh, yeah. I, yeah,
2: I'm here. I'm here, and I'm I'm listening to this de- debate, but it's 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 becoming more like a spat. Um, I, uh, um, lots of us here who know Wendell and have learned a lot of uh, have gotten a lot of good guidance from Wendell um, do appreciate what he brings. And so it would be preferable if you guys could actually have a conversation about this. Um, if if not, I think I think the point that Wendell just made a minute ago was that he feels that the, he he thinks that the King James version was put together by a group of scholars as well, and he has I can tell you he has made. A sincere lifetime of studying, and so to say that he doesn't know what he's talking about and that he hasn't read your essay is is not true um, uh, and and to say that he doesn't have doesn't speak with authority is also not true um, but it's just clear that you two have different perspectives you've drawn different conclusions from your studies and it would be beneficial for us to be able to hear the debate, so that we can start to add this to our discernment. So, if you could, if Stephen, it's it's up to you if you want to have a conversation with Wendell, or we can just move on um, and well, you continue to make your to point. I don't see to have a
4: conversation with him.
2: Okay, well, continue and and make the points that that you're making in the essay, and then I would just. I would just ask people to, to give due consideration to what um, Wendell has said, um, because I think uh, thinking about what he has said is worthwhile. And then as far as Destry, this tonight's fall is, is along the topic that we've been exploring um, with John Miser. And the question in my mind is, is Jesus Christ God? That's the question. <laughs> yeah, well, I,
4: if that's what you want to, if that's what you want to talk about, uh, I mean, we're we're going to have to go back to the to the definition of God to begin with. And I'll tell you what I know emphatically is that God is the personal name of a Babylonian deity. God is a devil. And when you use the name Jesus Christ, you're also using another fraudulent moniker that was invented to detract from the person that has actually appeared in the, the pages of the scriptures. His name is the, the Salvation of Yah. It's pronounced Yeshua, Yeshua, something along those lines. We can only, we can only ascertain the actual pronunciation of these languages, of these names in ancient dead languages uh, because there's, there's no way to know uh, with any certainty how they would be pronounced or how they would even be spelled for that matter. But we know so, for a fact that his name was not Jesus. His name was Yeshua.
2: Okay, and and can you um, do we agree on who he was, or what's your understanding about who Yeshua was or is?
4: He is the Lamb of Yah. He's he is everything that is revealed in the Scriptures. What he is not is he never had the name Jesus. That name wasn't even invented for over 200 years after he was gone. If you study
2: so, the name,
4: if you study the name from your uh, Bible, your concordance, your and the concordance, the Strong's concordance is a concordance, and it is two dictionaries. And if you read the the book. The dictionaries are the Hebrew slash Chaldean and the Greek dictionary. The actual language that is referred to as Hebrew was not Hebrew. It was never spoken by the Hebrews. It was that is, the Chaldean language that the Judeans learned when they went to the Babylonian captivity from Judea. They were there for 70 years. So all of the adults that went to, Judea, uh, to Babylon died in Babylon. And everyone that came out, the 44,000 who came out of Babylon to reestablish uh, Judea, to rebuild the temple and the walls uh, with Ezra and Nehemiah, those people were born in Babylon. They never learned Hebrew they learned the, ang- the ancient language of the Chaldean mystics. So that's what they brought back with them to Judea. If you read one of the books that's, uh, I think it was either Ezra or Tobit, one of those uh, apocryphal books talks about what happened when, when uh, the group of people came uh, from Babylon, and they went to clean out the the debris from inside the rooms of the temple and they discovered a huge cache of scrolls. There were hundreds of them. They brought them out and nobody could read them. And I was well, why wouldn't they be able to read them? Because they were obviously written in Hebrew. But the people who came from Babylon, didn't, they didn't speak or read Hebrew. They spoke and they read the Chaldean language of the mystics of Babylon. So they had to go and find someone in the land of Judea who had been there uh, from the times of antiquity before the Babylonian uh, raids were made and they were all taken off to captivity. They found the locals to come in and interpret, read the, the scrolls that were actually written in the Hebrew language, so you have to you have to be able to read between the lines and you have to be able to understand that you're dealing with you're dealing with languages that uh, are not what we've been told they are. we've been told that this language that we call Hebrew. Uh, is the Hebrew language of the people of Israel, and it never was until they went and were carted off to Babylon for 70 years. Now, does that does that make any sense to you?
0: Hey Stephen, I, I got a couple questions.
2: of view, Let's yeah, let's let's have other people ask a few questions. Go ahead.
0: Okay, so this is Eric in Southern Maryland here, and I have a couple questions about um, the the Strong's Concurrence. Now, I've heard people share different versions of what they've heard from Strong's Concurrence. And is there, yeah, the, right. And is there more than one version of this? Is there...
4: No, has not. it
0: been has it been distorted in any way, or is it is it all the same?
4: I'm sorry. Has it been what?
0: Has it been like changed in any way from its original form, or is no. it no? Okay, behind. so
4: it's oh, how It could be. We're talking about we're talking about decades of work by at least seventy different. Uh, linguistic scholars <clears throat> you know this was a this was a work that was was put together uh for the purpose of making studying the bible more productive and useful for any any serious students that wanted to do it that couldn't become uh scholars they couldn't become linguists they just wanted to know the what the scriptures actually teach us. That's the purpose of the book being created in the first place. And to say that, uh, you know, to make the silly claims that that uh, Wendell was making is just absurd.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. And I I uh, get what you're saying. And so I, all I'm asking is that, is is there any uh, form that this has been distorted or changed or turned into something that it wasn't originally meant to be that you know of.
4: I I doubt it. I don't know of any. I don't know of anyone ever suggesting that uh, that such as is, is the case. <clears throat> I mean, we all know that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I point this out clearly in the essay that those those scholars were they, they lived like everybody else does within the confines of their training. They use words uh, that are obviously clearly not correct. and I, that's a part of the reason I wrote this essay and I bring that out in very clear detail that they did not they did not use proper, language, and proper uh, scholasticism in making those, <coughs> writing those definitions. <coughs> Sorry. So, yeah, there, there are there are clearly mistakes that they made, but they were honest mistakes. And if you're able to think critically, which is what this whole series is about, is learning to think critically and not just take things at face value.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I, I totally get that and I understand exactly what you're saying and all I, all my question is, is that um, has this in any way been like bastardized by other people and turned into something that I don't it was not originally. Any, any
4: more thoroughly than I did? No.
0: Okay. That's if fair enough.
4: Find, if you can find one, yep. I've got, I've had copies of the Strong's Concordance uh, for 50 years, and I've never found one that is different from the others.
0: Okay, fair enough. That's yep. that's all I'm here for that question. I just have one more quick question. Is okay. the Kaldan language? Uh, the the same as Yiddish, does that uh, does that have any connection to I the think Yiddish?
4: Connection, and I do not know uh, enough about that to, to say for sure. In my uh, my discussions, or actually, never really had a strong discussion with uh, Brother uh, David Chapman, who was known as Brother Andrew or Bishop Andrew, Uh, he was a good friend of mine. He passed on a few years ago. But uh,
2: he was a scholar
4: and a a studious one. But uh, he he used the word Yiddish to refer to the Chaldean language. And I don't know for sure that that was... That that's an accurate uh, statement. I do know for a fact that the Hebrew language, what we call Hebrew, was not the language of the Israelites uh ever until they experienced that Chaldea I mean that uh Babylonian uh captivity. Gotcha. I'm here with a comment. Okay. okay.
2: Please go ahead, Tom.
4: Yeah, well, uh, my understanding is that the uh, modern Hebrew
1: alphabet is actually Babylonian, the letters. But there existed before the same words written in a, a, a different alphabet, if you will. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the language was the same, but the manner of writing it was well, uh, uh, there, there were uh, this, probably this some Hebrew...
4: similarities, but uh, there's not the same language. There's not the same alphabet. The alphabet that uh, the modern scholars refer to as Paleo-Hebrew is the actual yeah, that, that's... alphabet and language that the Israelites used, except for the ones who were taken to Babylon, where they learned the Babylonian language of the Chaldeans. If you want a little piece of history, uh, uh, there's a place in southwest of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, called Mystery Mountain, where some ancient uh, Hebrew-Israelite explorers were located it was about 80 miles southwest of Albuquerque on the little uh basically a hill called History Mountain <clears throat> they had established uh, I think in military terms they would call it a readout a place where they could defend themselves against the uh the natives in a war situation they had uh large boulders on the top of this mountain or near the top of it. On one of them, they had inscribed with some kind of a a steel object. They scratched into it in perfect Paleo-Hebrew letters, the Ten Commandments. And on another rock nearby, they had drawn a depiction of the stars as they appeared overhead while they were there and that star chart has been uh, studied and uh, astrologers astronomers d- determined from the star chart that it was it was inscribed engraved on the top of that stone around the year 650 BC <clears throat> So we know that there were actual Israelites, explorers who were here uh, at least at that point of time <clears throat> and no doubt no question that they had been here for a very long time because you know uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico is a long, long ways from any, any uh, body of water. So they had to have been they had to have been on the North, North American continent for quite a long time to arrive at that particular place at that particular time.
2: Okay, other questions or comments?
3: Stephen, in your essay, uh you talk about the different spelling of God with a capital g or all lowercase or all uppercase. Could you explain that a little bit more
4: sure that's uh <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> oh pardon me <clears throat> growing up in uh religious arenas that that we have, those of us that that did, we encountered these three spellings of the word God all the time. And so if this word is spelled with all lowercase letters, it basically means uh, to the religious way of thinking uh, that we're talking about false deities we're talking about uh, idolatry. If the word is capitalized with just the G, capitalized, it's referring to (coughs) the real deity, the, the real God. And if it's all capitals, then we've been taught that, you know, traditionally that means we're talking about the, the big kahuna, that's like a personal identifier. And that's as far as the uh, scholasticism of the churches go, because they don't know the truth, they've never thought about it, and they've never explored it, and they don't even want to talk about it. That's the reason I wrote this. That's the reason I put the hundreds of hours of study that I put into this to make this subject something that people of ordinary experience can understand. So does that answer your question?
3: Yes it does. Uh sorry I was muted out. Um, I'm I'm just uh, going over the who's who again and I've just seeing some things that popped out, you know, the first time I read it a couple months ago and uh, you know one of the things I I noticed uh, was you know there's a class of beings which are a little higher than mankind and the difference uh, where man has you know choice free will whatever you want to call it and uh, these messengers deputies uh, they're a different class and so there's there's Somewhere where it says that we shall judge them, however, uh, they're higher than mankind. Could you right. explain a little bit more of that?
4: Uh, well, uh, apparently it was the guy known as Paul, I believe, that wrote that. Uh, was actually quoting a place in the Psalms, or I think it's the Psalms, but he said that angels were, that man was created a little lower than the angels, yet, as you said, in the end, we're going to end up uh, judging them, because of the nature of of the whole salvation message. <clears throat> what is not explained, or uh, not well understood, is that uh, angels are not specific uh, race or uh, species of beings. The word in both the uh, so-called Hebrew language and in and the Greek language, uh, Angelos in Greek, the word that's translated angels in both the Old and the New Testament means dispatched like a messenger or a deputy. So obviously, anybody can be uh, a deputy, anybody can be the law of, of agency applies to everybody. <clears throat> and from the scriptures, we have these, these beings that are called angels. <clears throat> but clearly, they're not just anybody. They're people are beings that have special abilities. Such as in different uh, circumstances where you find the words, uh, the beings identified as angels in the Bible, the various stories, they are able to do remarkable things, like uh Sodom and Gomorrah story, where the two angels blinded the whole town of men. <clears throat> Uh, that was coming out to do bad stuff. And they just put a, you know, a flick of their wrist, and the whole town was blind. So uh, in other places, uh, they're able to appear out of thin air and disappear. Uh, in uh, the book of Daniel, uh, when Daniel was put in the lion's den, it was said that the uh, when King uh, what's his name, came in, asked him if he was still alive, and he said, yeah, the angel of Yahweh has closed the lion's mouth. <sighs> and you read uh, about what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the the fiery furnace because they refused to bow down and worship the golden image of, of uh, the king of Babylon. And we know the story they, the only thing that got burned up, and they heated the furnace seven times hotter than it ever had been. The only thing that got burned up was the soldiers that threw them in the furnace and all the ropes that were used to bind the, the three Israelites. <clears throat> so they were walking around inside that superheated furnace, walking around praising the Lord, and uh, everybody was looking in saw that there was a fourth man inside there who is apparently the one who who kept them uh, protected so we have we have numerous examples of angels and angelic beings doing remarkable things so they are not people those are people mankind are not qualified to serve as that particular type of deputy or messenger. But the word angel does not refer to a specific uh race or species of beings. That was the ugh, the point that I was trying to make in the essay. But there the word simply means a deputy or a messenger. But what Paul revealed is that we're talking about beings that are created on a higher level than us, whereas we're created on a higher level than a puppy dog or a rabbit. different kinds of beings on different levels of creation. That make sense
3: and answer your question, Gus? It does. It does. And, and uh yeah, there was someone else in here that uh, you said something about uh, it was not God that created the heavens and the earth. And then later on, I'm looking at it now, it's uh, Job 1.6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Right. So God is not the Lord. And Satan came also among them. So, who are these these beings? And if if you know, when we go to Christian churches of, of you know, pretty much every denomination, uh, God is spoken of as you know the name of the Creator. But yet he, you know, God came to present himself, her, herself, whatever, uh, the, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. So, and, and Satan came also. So is is God and Satan created, are they created beings?
4: Well, I, again, that, uh, the, the, the use of that term, created being, uh, when you get right down to it, uh, if you, If you understand the structure of what I've tried to establish with this study, what, what that scripture actually says has nothing to do with God. It never said God. That's a false interpretation. That's a fraudulent translation. The word that is written in the ancient texts is Elohim the sons of Elohim. Your Bible says the sons of God. It was not God. It never said God. It says Elohim. The sons of Elohim came to present themselves before Yahweh, not the Lord, to the self-existing one. When the sons of Elohim came to present themselves before Jehovah. Yahweh, the self-existing one, Satan was there too. So, clearly, Satan is one of the sons of Elohim. If you understand what is going on in the background, it's not specifically related to us in the scriptures. You have to read between the lines and understand that it's, members of the Luciferian cults have had control of the vast majority of all these ancient texts for over 5,000 years, they're going to screw it up. They're going to hide things. That's been made manifest and perfectly clear to anybody with a thinking mind. If you've learned how to think... Critically and understand what's going on in the world. It's clear that the Bible has been screwed with by the most evil people on earth. The point of this this essay, in that was the reference to what you just uh, identified with, with uh, in Job at the beginning of the book, <coughs> proves categorically that. Satan is able to screw with us, but up to a limit he has to ask permission to hurt to hurt or damage or invade the privacy of people who are serving the Father or the self existing one, the Holy Spirit. Satan has to have permission to screw with us. there are limits to what satan Lucifer all of the evil people on earth are allowed to do. So even though I know that the Bible has been screwed with and I can prove it categorically, which I do, it's a part of the purpose of this essay, is to prove categorically that it's been screwed with, we still understand that the self-existing one, Yahweh, Yahweh, has put limits on the evil ones and what they can get away with. And a part of of that protocol is the work of James Strong and his uh, cadre of linguistic scholars. So we can read the book, and we can use the concordance and and the dictionary intelligently, critically, and understand what was actually written, not what's just painted on the surface. Does that clarify anything?
3: It always does, Stephen. That's why that's why we talk as often as we do, because you've got a lot of patience with me.
2: <laughs> I have a, another question, Stephen. Okay. What um what is it that you um what is it that you're concerned about with the changes of the names and the words? What's what what concerns you the most, and why is it so important to you?
4: Well, my first my first answer, the first part of my answer to that is turn the question around to the stinking satanic. Bastards who took his name out of the book almost 7,000 times. Why is it important to them? Why did they hide his name? Why did they take it out of the book? If it wasn't important, why would they do it? It's important to me because it's important to those satanic bastards that have tried to strip the knowledge of the truth from all of us. What is, and, and uh, that's, what, me, that is what
2: I'm getting from you. I'm sorry. All right, let me,
4: let me finish. <clears throat> In uh, your so-called New Testament, I think it was, again, Brother Paul, <clears throat> he said, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. That makes it a pretty important name for the Savior, doesn't it? Does it? Yes, it Absolutely. does.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and name is important. This is the second. Right. Absolutely. If his name Absolutely. is that important,
4: if his name is that important, then we need to get it right. <clears throat> there is no other name okay, under heaven given among men whereby you may be saved. If you like how it sounds, that's not what it says whereby you must be saved. You go around, and I did it most of my life, oh, by, saved by the blood of Jesus. Well, no, it wasn't the blood of Jesus. Jesus is a made-up pervert, and they've used that perverted name that doesn't have anything to do with the Lamb of Yah, and they have used it to denominate us and to d- deflect us from the worship of the real Lamb of Yah. It was the blood of Yeshua that saved us. It is the name of Yeshua. The name means the yep. salvation of Yah.
5: That's great. Can you can you explain the uh the Yah and uh, all that and how it relates to uh what we're doing well, here? Alright,
4: well that's included in the in the essay. Uh, very clearly, the word Yah is a cont- contraction of Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahava. However, you want to pronounce it, I don't care. I don't argue with people about that because nobody knows the truth. We can only no. guess. Right. Okay, thank that. you.
5: And what? And give give the link for the essay again. Sorry.
3: The, uh, okay. the essay, Give us you, the you
5: link can, for the essay.
3: You can, you, can a co- you can get a copy of the essay from Maria, and you can also get a copy at redressfordummies.org. Uh, and uh, go to redressfordummies.org and do a search. Just go to the search box and type in who is who, and it will take you directly to, to that. Yeah, who is who.
5: Got it. Thank you. Who, who is who on W4D yep got gotcha. you go ahead, Steve thank
4: you
5: uh that's all I had
4: on that response
5: i I, I don't know
3: if the uh question you know, as far as you know the purpose of what we're talking about for you know the 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 reason we're here, so you guys are getting together in Alaska because you're trying to do some things you're trying to correct your status, do certain things and you know, uh, clarify um, who has authority over you, who creates the law. So the creator, the self-existing one who created us, is the one who makes the law. The creator of a chair or a piano decides how that thing is going to sound and how it's going to play and, and, and all, you know, every little aspect of it. And so it's important for us to know uh, where we come from, what the law is, and to clarify some things, and I, I think that's why this is so important. Uh, we've been deceived for a very long time about these you know these fundamental basics, and you know I remember reading the Bible when I was a kid and, uh, and wondering why is it all uppercase? Why is it all lowercase? What's going on? You know can you know? And, and as I got older, started studying law, and I started doing affidavits. I would do an affidavit, and I would be talking about Bob and Jim and Suzanne and Martha, and, you know, in in no time at all, if I say he or she, uh, everybody gets lost because nobody knows what I'm talking about except me. And so it's important to get the names right so that you can get the details right. And uh, another uh, reason that Stephen is here is because – He's been researching a lot of stuff over the years. He's, he's well-connected with a lot of people, and he pays attention to things. And one of the things he's paid a lot of attention to is Anna Von Reitz. And I would like, you know, before we get too much further into the call, I'd like Stephen to air out some thoughts that he has about who Anna is, her purpose, what she tells people, what she used to tell people. And if we can move to that, you know, it's up to you, Maria, if you want to go there right now or save that for some other time. but um, yeah, I,
2: I, well, I, it's, it's, I do want to go there, and it's probably going to be just almost as controversial about God's name. But before we go, can I just ask the second part of my question, and that is, is Yeshua uh, one with or the same as Yahweh?
4: Absolutely not. How could he be? I've already covered that point earlier. Joshua himself said, anyone who blasphemes the Father or the Son will be forgiven. Anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. It plainly makes uh, it clear that the self-existing one, the Father in heaven, and the Son are completely different entities. Okay, let's
5: let's go on to Anna von Wright.
4: Okay. Well uh, uh if I could. Hang on, I let consider me, uh, finish. the essay that I wrote this particular essay is the most important thing I have ever written. I think it's the most important subject matter that I have ever uh approached. So uh I would prefer to make sure that there's nobody else that wants to ask a question or a comment about the essay and the subject matter of the essay before we go talking about some dim-witted woman.
5: <laughs> yeah,
4: okay. well, well, uh, going
5: to be his response. Uh,
2: somebody, somebody else had piped up, I think, back there. So go ahead and ask your question. Thought I heard someone else.
4: With one? Is that accepting me? Yeah, Did
2: go you ahead.
4: hear that, Stephen? I, no, I heard that includes you, it. Wendell.
5: Ask Can your you question, me? Wendell. Oh. Um, are you a Mormon? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny.
4: It, was that a clear question? I said, no, I'm not. What do you want? Well, they they have the same doctrine that you're espousing. Oh, bullshit. They don't you have the same them. doctrine. They're as full of the devil yeah. as all the rest of them.
5: Yeah. Our, okay, that, that well. was a great question. Uh, who, who else has a question for our guest? Okay.
4: Does that mean you're done with me?
5: No, not at all.
4: We've yeah. just
5: begun, Wendell. Uh, um
4: book of wisdom. Where wisdom comes from?
5: Yes.
3: You're
4: asking me. Yeah, image, Stephen. You're asking me where wisdom comes from?
5: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, he's yeah. I'm sorry, he's asking me where wisdom comes from. Go ahead. It
4: just comes out of the ether. Comes out of experience. It comes out of study. It comes out of uh, that. What kind of a question is that? I think you're. I think you're right.
5: It just comes out of the ether.
4: You don't want you don't have, you don't know what the scripture says about that subject matter.
5: Yes, I do, and so does our guest. So ask ask us a specific question for the the guest. It was a very specific
4: question. I can offer you some scripture about it, also.
5: No, just ask the question.
4: God gave Solomon wisdom, the gift of God. Wisdom is not gained by your reasoning oh, and study.
5: <laughs> yeah. Just ask a question, and let, let the guest respond, please. Oh. Or, or let's go on to another caller. Oh, please. I, I really, um, Come on. I
4: guess we, I, I really don't
5: want to. Uh, 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 oh, hold
4: hold on, yeah.
2: hold, hold on, hold on, hold questions. on, w- Wendell. Glenn Everybody, hold on. Glenn, just let Wendell speak and let Stephen answer, please. Go ahead, Wendell.:
4: I'm uh, personally, opinions, men's opinions are not really as important as God's word. And if we're trying to figure out something, if we don't believe that God's word is authoritative we must be going again, going according to somebody else's word. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm re- not ready to accept anybody else's word except God's word, and I've found it to be I, true. Well, I've proved it many is that a question? Times. Is there a question in there? Leading, leading to one, if you'll be I don't be. give a rat's ass about God's word. God is a devil. God is a satanic, evil creature. I hate God. I despise the evil, Val, uh, the, everything that comes out of his putrid mouth. Piss on God. If you read the essay and understand who the hell I'm talking about and who God is, the Lord then you might have something intelligent believes. to say. Otherwise, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? The Lord rebuke you, and I end the subject. Oh, fuck you.
3: <coughs> Stephen, I okay, agree. This is, said, a, this is definitely... Yeah, whoever
5: uh, said that, whoever said the F word needs to hang up right now. Stephen? Hurry up. F word. Hang up. Fuck you. You hang up. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't use the F word. He doesn't have to hang. Why does he have to hang up F-word? because he used the F word?
0: You're censoring him now.
5: No. <laughs> Come on, guys. Go ahead. Blaspheme away. Blaspheme away.
3: That's an entirely different subject.
0: Maybe we could just move on to the Anna von Rice stuff.
3: Stephen, is there anything else about the essay that you think? you should cover, no, clearly you should, there's
4: almost nobody that's read it, so you
3: know what's the point? Do you want to uh, move on to Anavon rights, or do you want to call it a? Yeah
4: I, I don't care, buddy. I don't care
3: yeah. Well, I enjoy that conversation because uh, you, you've got some pretty interesting knowledge that uh, I think most people don't have about uh, where she comes from, who her husband is, Paul Stammer, you know, uh, So uh,
1: I know Jeff and I always enjoy you talking about it. i
3: don't
1: know, I got a mountain of information I can put out on it too. Yeah. So who
4: is yeah, she,
3: Stephen? Where does she come from and who is uh, who is Jimmy? Well,
4: she... I don't all I know is is what what I've read that she has allegedly written uh, the mountains of of stuff that she puts out on a daily basis. She can't possibly be doing all that writing herself, so I don't know how many people she has working behind the scenes doing all that writing, but I don't really care either. But what she has said, written with her own, uh, put her own name on it, is that uh, her family has been uh, servants to the popes for generations. And they come from Germany, which, by the way, is where the, the heart and soul of the Roman Empire uh came from <clears throat> it came out of out of Germany and is still controlled by uh, those ancient uh, families in Germany. she's been a servant to uh, at least two or three popes. the first thing I ever read that she wrote uh, she was uh, addressing some Bishop, Archbishop George, something, and she just diffuses, uh, <clears throat> She's very effusive in her <clears throat> worshipful language <clears throat> regarding the Archbishop and the Pope and the uh, Roman Catholic uh, corporate corporate souls. It's not a church, it's a a corporation soul that was created many centuries ago by a Luciferian cult that basically came from the Chaldean mystics of ancient Babylon. So anybody that has uh, anything good to say about the Vatican and the people that run that Satanic organization uh, is subject to very, very intense scrutiny from the very get-go. <clears throat> now, the things that she has come out with since then, and that was several years ago, she's been uh, she's been soft peddling that whole thing. And even come to the point where she uh, claims that she's not a servant of the popes, and that you know these these evil popes in the Vatican are are, are the source of all of our problems for all these years and decades. Uh, you know she's changed her tune considerably from when I first heard from her to what she says today. So you know she's a dissembler. Uh, she's a liar, and she deliberately clouds the issues that are facing all of us in this uh, in this restoration of the republics <clears throat> of this federation. Uh, she has she has utilized words and phrases to identify different tasks that are constitutionally mandated of the federal government and calls them a completely different government. She makes up different names for uh, things that are constitutionally uh, mandated and treats them like they are separate governments. She calls... uh, she calls things uh, government services, corporations. And you know, she uses all kinds of stupid tech, uh, terminology to make everybody confused and not really able to understand what she's talking about. That has always irritated me. <clears throat> when she started peddling the stupid civil flag of peace, I had to call her on that, and I did, and for a couple of weeks, she would uh, reply to my emails, and uh, every time she did, I would put her back into a corner, and uh, finally, she she claimed that she had actual photographs of, of the civil flag of peace being used in official government uh, buildings back before the Civil War. And I said, well, that's wonderful news. If you can show me those photographs uh, and give me some uh, provenance that they're legitimate and real, that would uh, change the whole picture of our discussion. Oh, I don't have time to do that, was her reply. When it comes to the nut cutting, she ain't got no no reply. And that was the last time she communicated with me. She claims to have proof of all kinds of stupid things that nobody has ever heard of before she comes on the scene. But when you try to get her to prove what she's saying, she doesn't have time to deal with it anymore. Now, the so-called civil flag of peace was apparently invented by old barefoot Bob Hardison and promoted on his website until his death several years ago. I haven't been able to determine for sure if he did it as a joke on the stupid people who uh, follow these, these uh, fads or if he was tricked. I don't know. What the truth is there, but I do know that everything he wrote on his website about the civil flag, the forgotten flag of peace, is all bullshit It's stuff that he made up or somebody made up, and they put it out there and they changed uh, photographs where they claim to have a have a picture of this this flag of peace uh, hanging from a a government building, it's not the flag that he's promoting. If you look closely at the the photographs that they produced, and Paul Stramer produced, uh, I think it was like 12 photographs, and every one of them were of the Customs House flag with anchor in the field and doesn't have anything to do with his bogus civil flag of peace. The civil flag of peace never existed anywhere until Barefoot put it on his website and uh, a bunch of stupid people uh, took it up years ago and said, that's going to be our flag. Well, I pointed out to my friends that were, were barking this song about the civil flag of peace that it was a fraud and it never existed uh, until Barefoot put it on his website, as well. It don't matter. We'll just use it anyway. Well, sorry, but you know, I don't really care what you use. It doesn't matter what you use. But don't tell me it's the real deal because it's not. It's something that some idiot made up as a joke, and it never existed. I can show you in Title Four the United States Code where the real flag of the United States. Uh, of America is defined and described. It's very clearly written. But there is no place anywhere in any statutes of the United States Congress that describes the stupid civil flag of peace. It's a bogus creation. Whether it was done as a joke or not, I don't know but it is a really bad joke. Now, the I've, never,
3: I've never... I'm sorry, go ahead, Stephen.
4: The fact that Anna pushes this flag with great zeal is only explained by a visit to her website and <coughs> an article that her husband James Belcher wrote called the Declaration of the Flag. In this Declaration of the Flag, James Belcher claims that he is a descendant of royalty from the Kingdom of (laughs) Powys, which is a tiny little shire east of Wales in England. His great-great-great-grandfather, was the Earl of of the Shire of Powis, and that is his. Uh, that's his uh, claim to to royalty in the United States of America. Now, his story goes that uh, when his ancestor William Belcher, who was a uh, a resident, a uh, what do you call it uh, he grew up in he was born in the u s a somewhere I don't remember where, but when the when the uh, founding fathers established the uh, federal government, they were unable they didn't have the expertise and the knowledge to deal with uh, kings and queens. And foreign countries, because they just didn't have the experience, so they named William Belcher as the hereditary head of state of the United States of America. he would <laughs> he would be the the go-to guy for everything pertaining to international Uh, relations that's the story and because he is a direct descendant of William Belcher then he is the current hereditary head of state of the United States of America and oh by the way his flag is the civil flag of peace so guess what if you want to identify yourself with this stupid, phony, fraudulent flag of peace, then you are a subject of little King Jimmy. And that makes Anna von Rhythm- your queen. Now we understand why she's peddling this bullshit flag. Because it makes her husband the king of America. that answer your question guess it does holy crap <laughs> <laughs> she's a fraud she's a liar and she's a big big problem for the people of this Federation
3: even I I, uh, I don't know if you have anything else to about her personally or, or the you know the, the, the basic uh, information of who she is, where she comes from, what she's doing, and so on, or, or more correctly, maybe her purpose and what she's trying to accomplish. Uh, if not, I'm curious what you've got to say about the jural assemblies because we had talked about that. Oh man, must have been four years ago, five years ago, and I have seen that you had an essay that you had written about uh, the jural assemblies and Anna's confusion.
4: Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. Maria pointed yeah. that yeah, out. Yeah, Steve, Give you're, you're being kinda of vague. Excuse me?
5: I was just gonna s I was just gonna say you're being kind of vague, Steve. Could you fill in some of the blanks? Vague?
4: About
5: what? Oh no, keep keep going.
3: What about the uh, what about the drill assembly, Stephen?
4: Well what I'm trying to say is I haven't I haven't read that uh article in years, I don't really even know what it contains yes uh, who's, the, who, guess, but who's
3: I the guy who who's the guy that started the uh journal assembly stuff five six years ago
4: Oh, I don't know there's uh a guy that goes by the name of Randy Lee. I used to know his last name he's in California uh he he was pushing jural assemblies 25 years ago.
2: Was that really um? Studied. Was that uh? John Quaid?
4: No. Uh, John Quaid no. was uh, was an actor. He's pretty sharp guy. Yeah.
2: Black. Well. Yeah, and he was involved in and the Jural Societies of, Cali- you know, the the group that started in California.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, uh, you know, real good friends with Randy Lee. <clears throat> but, uh, they were. Anyway, I, I, I don't know very much about the Jural Societies. <clears throat> I read some of the stuff 25 years ago, but, you know, I was just a neophyte back then, and I really didn't. I didn't know much of anything. <clears throat> I barely know anything today, but uh, I know a lot more than I did then. Jural societies, I don't have any problem with jural societies, but by the same token, I don't have any problem with garden societies. And, you know, I don't know uh, if there's any difference. All right.
3: Um, would you... Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool for people to understand what what uh, the All States Organic Initiative and the core Warranto and what we were trying to do. Uh, you know, I think that was 2013,
4: 2012. Um, yeah, 12 or 11. I was, I think we started it in 2011. When I had a, finally had a belly full of Jim Wright and those knuckleheads.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the core warranto and so, and the All States Organic Initiative uh, website that I had started is still there. The one we had moved to, which was run by somebody else, ended up disappearing. Somebody lost control of that. But the one I had initially set up as, as, as you know to get things rolling is still there, and it's still got the documentation that you had written.
4: Cool. Well, yeah I applaud you for your for your uh, consistency I if those things well, have been left up. It would never been done
3: well I think it would be uh, it would be helpful for folks to understand what core warranto is how it works and what it derives from the Magna Carta and and even before that and uh, if you're not too worn out, you know. I know your voices uh, can only go for so long, but if you could cover uh, cover that, I think that would be a great benefit for people to understand.
4: Well, briefly, uh, you know. The, again, there's a the the article on the, uh, the boards of review. Uh, that's that's not. Uh, I don't remember how many pages that was, but that's that's a pretty uh, in-depth study uh, investigation of Article 61 of uh, Magna Carta and the current interpretation of of the uh, truth that is revealed there. A warranto has an ancient writ that. Was basically used by the king to attack the authority of people who were exercising franchises from the from the uh, from the crown or from the
2: uh, monarchy.
4: When somebody had, uh, say, somebody operated a a toll bridge, and they did too good of a job then the king would get jealous and want want to have the money and not just the taxes from the toll bridge. So he would issue a writ of quo warranto to question the operator of the toll bridge. By what authority are you doing this or this or that? And usually it would be you know that they made a mistake of some sort or they expanded uh, their, their reach, they increased the, the tolls, whatever. Whatever the king could use to bring into question someone's right to continue operating a franchise of the realm, he would issue a writ of Clowaranto. The uh, inverse of that is just as, as valid In attacking uh, the holder of a public office, by what authority do you do the things that you're doing? Quo warranto means by what warrant? Where is your authority? So that's how the writ has kind of morphed over the years. Does that answer your question?
3: Uh, it does. Uh, more specifically, how how would we use it concerning a building inspector that uh, is claiming that my deck is too close to the property line? Uh, that last part of your sentence was
4: distorted. I'm sorry. I don't know what you uh, How
3: would... So the core warranto is by what authority do you act? Where do you derive your authority? So if a building inspector told me my you know I, I built a deck on the back of the house and it's too close to the property line, uh how would I use core warranto to call him out where he's got no authority to tell me what to do on my property?
4: Well, that goes back to uh when you first bought the property. Uh, if you don't immediately notify the authorities that your property, your land, has been incorrectly identified as residential or commercial or whatever. If you don't set the record straight from the beginning, he does have authority. You've got to take the authority away from him by having your property uh, reconfigured what's the proper word as private this is private land this is not residential once you establish that it's private land none of their bullshit applies to you none of their regulations apply to you can't because they don't have authority so, if you've got a building inspector coming around, probably have already uh, put the nails in your own coffin. You can't just take things into your own hands. You have, to, you have to do it lawfully. Once you do it lawfully, then the building inspector has nothing to do with you. Okay. One of the things that I learned from uh, Al Stickley up in Michigan when I was up visiting him was that you know, some of his uh, friends had taken the proper uh, procedures to get their <clears throat> to get their property, their land, secured and out of reach of the of the constabulary the local constabulary and once they did that uh the 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 local authorities government tried to put an end to their their activities but they couldn't because they put a uh no trespassing sign on the yard right out by the property line and the sheriff came to uh throw them out and he stopped just shy of the property line and never crossed, the, never crossed the boundary because he had no authority. He knew he didn't have authority. There was no crime <laughs> that was cognizable <clears> at <throat> common law. <clears throat> so the, the sheriff couldn't do anything without creating a disturbance of the peace and a trespass
1: uh, against the uh, breach of the
3: close. <clears throat> May I? Uh, absolutely. Yep, please,
4: okay. yep, yeah, sorry. go ahead. Was...
1: Yeah, this is, this is Dustry. Um, I'm an old friend of Carl Miller. He's the one that used the Quaranto for Dr. Jack Kevorkian after the city of Pontiac, Michigan, imprisoned him. Well, they released him. But I remember Carl talking, if you ever file one of those, you better be wearing a bulletproof vest. That's yep. uh, just a little warning I wanted to bring forward about monkeying with one.
4: Yes, Do you know hey, uh, yeah. Hal Brian Stickney?
1: Um, I don't know him, but I've heard his name many a time.
4: Uh, Carl Miller knows him. The last time I talked to him, which was about seven years ago, he promised me that he would uh, get a message to Hal. And whether he did or not, I don't know. But uh, I would sure like to talk to Hal. Oh.
1: Well, with Carl, I lived with him, and I, he lived at my place in Grayling for for three years. And in that three-year period, he got to the point to where he was—he was falling down. He'd get up out of the chair to go into the kitchen; he'd fall down.
5: Wow. His
1: legs were given out under him, and his health has taken a turn for the worse. And he wound up in a wheelchair. And the last I heard, he's with his granddaughters in um, Ann Arbor. He's no longer getting involved with anything to do with law, court, court cases—nothing.
4: Well, wow, that's too bad. He's
1: retired from it. But I learned a lot from the man when he was living with me. Yeah. Oh, and while I got you on the horn here, I wanted to let you know that there's 10 of us came together on October 5th in Wasilla. And we established the the Alaska General Drill Assembly. Seven of us did our documentation swore each other in. It started, and it's growing.
4: Good. I mean, How you- I... Uh, the, the whole concept of it is basically uh, uh, taking <clears throat> taking the authority that you have inherently uh, in hand and doing what the what the the Bible commands at uh, Deuteronomy eighteen sixteen or sixteen eighteen. I get them mixed up. Appoint judges and officers in all your gates. That's your job. And that's, if you choose to go about it by Jural oh, Assembly, oh, I've never seen uh, one, that the actual documents that charter a Jural Assembly, but I don't have any problem with Jural Assemblies. depends on how you go about structuring whatever you're doing. You now, my friends here in North Carolina, while I was in prison, or actually before we went to prison, we were in the county jail for two and a half years, they started uh, a process by which they intended to restore the Republic of the North Carolina uh, Constitutional Republic, but in doing so, they said that this... Restoration project is going to be called the North Carolina this or that I don't remember what they named it, but they gave it a new name and when i when I found that out after I got out of prison i said john you you can't do that you you can't restore something by creating something brand new and that basically was the end of our relationship but uh so many things I have seen attempted over the last 20 years is just plain stupid. You know, people do stupid things; but they're desperate and they feel like they have to do something, so they do the wrong thing. And you know, I just I caution anybody before they go off that in that direction. <laughs> Beware that you're not you're not starting something that's Going to prove to be counterproductive.
1: I agree with you. 100%. Been dealing with that a lot. I've been involved with the Michigan General General Assembly since 2011. We did it. It's done. Globally noticed, no rebuttals. Donald Trump complies with our orders. We're there. We're duplicating it here in Alaska. This and due to what we did, that's why Miss Anna Von Reitz has attacked Robert Gilman and me like she has in the Michigan Assembly. She's attacking us because we're a threat. We're a direct threat to her handlers, to her superiors.
4: Well, I hope you are.
1: He's tried everything she can to discredit me, discredit the Michigan Assembly, and discredit Robert Gilman. And you know Robert Gilman. You know he's not a fool.
4: Oh, he's, a, he's a long way from that.
1: That's for sure. We, had, we, we went national about three and a half years ago, started... Educating people in the other states.
4: Now you're getting in trouble, (laughs)
1: District. Now, what we did was we brought forward a blueprint of what Michigan did, and we shared it with people of the other states.
4: Yeah, well, now you're okay.
1: Anna Von Rice Rice hijacked that blueprint, altered it, put it on Amazon for sale.
4: (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me a bit? One of the but, biggest problems, that, one of the biggest problems that we have in this in this arena that you're describing, is the fact that almost nobody understands that the United States is not a country. The United States is not a nation. That's right. If you start talking about going national, you're making a big mistake. <laughs> Alaska We've is found a. We found a lot of people. Excuse me?
1: We
5: found a yeah, lot of Yeah, that's a good
1: point. That's a good we point. A Destry,
5: go ahead and go into that, Destry, yeah, about the difference.
1: Yes. Well, the corporate United States is civilly dead and bankrupt since 1933. Founded in 1871. We issued the order to Donald Trump to void the Act of 1871, which he completed by July 6th, or June 6th, I mean. Anyways, yeah, it's just a bankrupt, civilly dead corporation. Until the people return to self-governing, they remain in power. Plain and simple. Now, if,
4: you're However, point, if you're missing the point, you're missing the point.
1: The others. Oh, uh, there's many points at it. Okay,
5: make make that quick point, please.
3: The uh, the the the. Articles of Confederation created a, a, a confederation. There was a, you know, every, every state is sovereign. It, it, they, they are independent, sovereign nations to each other. They're foreign right. to each other, foreign to the national government,
2: you know, what's, what's referred
3: down. to as the national government.
1: Correct. Okay, and explain. That's the hard part. That, that's the hard part a lot of people don't get. Whatever works for one state might not necessarily work for the next. Each state became a state in its own unique way. It has its own history. It has its own interior laws.
4: Uh, uh, yeah, but you're, you're, you're still missing the point. You said you went National did what you did in Alaska but then you said you went national. What I'm trying to get you to okay, understand I'll... what I'm trying to get you to understand is that when you did Alaska, you were national. If you're gonna take what you did in Alaska to other states, you're not going national with it. You're going into the Federation or you're going international. This is a serious point, because most people in these United States don't understand this. They still think that the, uh, they still think that Stars and Stripes is their national flag. (laughs) It's not. Stars and Stripes is the flag of the United States of America.
1: Well, let me expand on Not what I said in my is The
4: flag of a federation. A federation That's is right. made up of right. nations. A federation See, is made I up have, of countries.
1: Good point. Develop, Go ahead, Desperate. I had to develop two modes of thinking and talking, depending on who I am talking with. If I'm talking with an average Joe, I've got to use average Joe thinking and language. If I'm talking with people who know, I've got to use a different thinking and talking. That's okay, why well I said when use, it went national.
4: Just use the wrong language is what I'm trying to get through to you.
1: Oh, I know it. I'm well aware of it. Well, Each then why are you using nation. it? Because I was using the mode that I use for talking with general people.
3: How are they going to learn? What
1: well, Okay, how are they going to
5: learn what the color let the color give an example of the wrong language go ahead <laughs> The gesture is using he just said it he said he
4: was going national
5: national okay go ahead national talk.
4: means all over the state of texas national means all over the state of georgia national means all over the okay. state of north carolina if you're going to another right. state, you're going international. When you identify no, yourself as being a part of the United States as a nation, you are saying no. you got your citizenship and your identity from the 14th Amendment and you're subject to the organization that was created with the Act of 1871.
5: It's a okay, series. go ahead, Destry.
4: Who are you? Who, who,
1: besides
5: you, taking
1: over the, the fall here? I just <laughs> go ahead, Destry. No, I know exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you 100%. Like I said, if I go talking to my neighbor lady next door that I've never talked to before, she's going to think I'm out of my gourd if I talk about Michigan being as international from Alaska.
3: Well, you know, hey, Destry. If I may interject, uh, Destry, when you're talking to people like that, let, let them think that you're out of your mind, and then point them to the IRS treaties with, with all the different countries in the world, including each one of the states. You know, there's, It's very easy to prove uh, that the, the government for the United States is foreign to the states. And if she thinks you're nuts, then let her investigate. But don't you know, don't support her her inability to to you know. If the woman doesn't know, I mean, we do have a duty to set that straight. Right. Yes,
1: exactly. Do our do our own research. See on our Alaska Assembly documentation, it specifically says Alaska, a free and independent nation equals state.
3: That's fine that you understand it, but when you're talking to some lady who's who doesn't understand it, you're supporting her confusion uh, to to maintain a
1: conversation, and you know it, it's you well, know. I'm never one to give somebody a crash into something. I like to ease them into it, right? Yeah, I've always been it. one to ease people into it, to plant seeds, to get their attention and uh, slowly yeah. reveal more and more. I just don't like dropping a whole ball at one time.
3: Oh, that's yeah, fine. Very but, smart.
1: A lot, of, a lot of new callers here.
3: That, that, that's fine to do so. However, uh, you know, just drop that one seed, and when she's ready for more, give her the next one. But to, to continue to talk in, in the language that she's familiar with, which is incorrect terminology, only supports the confusion. Anyway, yeah, I man, we, we don't need to talk about this anymore. Uh, you know, I know what you're saying, and you know, like when I'm talking to my mom and dad, I have to use certain words that they understand. Yeah, uh, you know, I get mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not debating you on that. Um, it is what it is. Stephen, uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover? We've been on for uh, for two hours. No, yeah,
4: I'm, I'm done. somebody else. Uh... That's something else they want to bring up from the essay.
2: Yeah, there might be some other people on the line that have more questions and, um, or just want to want to uh, go in another direction, make comments. Uh, but we can we can basically end this portion, but please feel you know stay on, Stephen, in case people have questions for you unless you you're ready to sign off. But so um, let's open up the, for questions and comments, and and even different topics.
3: Hey, Maria. I got one. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Dusty. I okay. I was just gonna let so, you guys know it's uh you know Steven's on the East Coast. It's one a.m. over there, and I'm in the Central Time Zone, so it's it's past midnight over here. Uh, I I like to keep the you know my recordings to two hours. So, uh, Dusty, okay. go ahead, and, and I'm going to cut it. I'm going to shut it down in, in about ten minutes on my end. Yeah. Uh, I,
5: don't I don't know. That that good. Good. Let's hear from out.
4: our e coast caller.
2: Oh, wait. Hold on. Go ahead, Stephen.
4: Just saying, I'm not
2: interested in
4: going off in any other direction. You don't want to talk about still uh, any questions about the essay. Uh, you know, there's i I about okay, the let's, what
2: let's open up the floor for a minute here and see if if anybody has more questions for Stephen before yeah. he signs off.
5: yeah, let's open it up to East Coast callers, please
3: going once. <laughs> they're all sleeping. It's one a m. <laughs> one a m on a on a thursday morning has anybody got any uh, questions uh look, you know seeking clarification from the stuff we've covered tonight I got one quick um question <laughs> all right, Eric's on the east coast
0: yeah well okay <laughs> so we're talking earlier about the the Chaldean or you know when the
5: uh,
0: Israelites came out of Babylon is that pretty much where the Talmud came out of or
4: yeah they brought uh, they brought the Kabbalah the Talmud the Mishnah that all came out of the uh, the Luciferian cults in Babylon generally
0: known as the Chaldean mystics right okay that's yeah that's my understanding so I just wanted to verify cool beans
3: anybody else Uh, i'm gonna wrap it up maria uh, i'm gonna just uh shut my recording down because uh, 'cause i've been I've been up for t- two hours and nineteen minutes on the call and uh so i'm gonna shut- shut the recording off and i'm gonna stay on with you guys for another ten minutes or so and then i'm gonna crash all right then I
4: appreciate it sorry, I wrote you for stephen that, but uh you know. Not that sorry. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's great to hear from you. Sorry, I've been so busy the last couple of weeks, but uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon. I'm I'm catching up over here. All uh, right, I'm gonna go ahead and shut this down, and uh, let's talk tomorrow. All
4: right, buddy. Good night, everybody. All right, thank thanks, brother. Thank you,
5: Stephen.